yes, there's a gold sheet in your service folder, and you are welcome and invited to use that during our sermon study. Um, it's uh, help you follow along and also has some questions on the backside that you can take home. Just over a year ago, I got a phone call from my brother-in-law, who at the time was uh, teaching at a school in Florida. And he called me with some really great news. And his message was that after months and months of trying um, to figure this out, that they got word from a certain Christian quarterback that he'd be coming to their school and speaking to the community and to the students there. That certain Christian's quarterback's name was um, Tim Tebow. Any of you heard of him at all? Um, Tim Tebow happens to be one of the, the most popular um, names in America right now, to be honest. And so this is a really huge thing for their school and for him. And in fact, what made it even better was that he, as the AD, was put in charge of organizing the event and going to be his personal chaperone, Tebow's personal chaperone for the day. His job was to make sure that as Tebow came, that he would not miss that they were honored to have him. So Don's a, he's in the green there. Um, Tebow's in the white, just in case you were wondering. Um, uh, they... Uh, they pull out all the stops, and he had special badges made up for those who were participating and helping, so they knew who was who. Um, they rented a special car to go pick him up. They had a special room for his family, so that if he wanted some peace and quiet, he'd go to the special room during the day. Um, they had a police escort back to the school, and then obviously everyone, you know, it's Tim Tebow. They were on their best behavior. They were there to give him lots and lots of honor. Question. What does it take to receive honor like that? What's the criteria to receive special honor and respect like you might give Tim Tebow? Have to win the Heisman Trophy? Throw a football well? or maybe in his case, relatively well. <laughs> Have to be rich? Some of you could care less about Tim Tebow, right? For you, maybe you'd go crazy if you were in the same room as Joe Maurer or, you know, um, Taylor Swift, or I don't know who women like nowadays, but George Clooney or something, or Oprah Winfrey. Um, for you techies, Mark Zuckerberg, the creator of Facebook. If I could only be around him for 10 minutes, that'd be so cool. The question remains, whoever it is for you, whoever would make your, your knees shake a little bit to be in their presence, what does it take to have that kind of honor for someone? Honor means to value them highly. What's the criteria? And if we're to think about it right now, is a criteria that we use a good one? Is it really to think about the people we'd be honored to be around? Is it really good criteria? And using our criteria, do we ever miss out on honoring people we should? God's going to talk about that in the fourth commandment. Before we get there, though, I think it's really good because summer's a time where people come and go and are at the cabin or gone for a weekend. I just want to review every week 
Why the Ten Commandments? Why did God give them to us? Because most people view them as this test, this checklist of things to do in order to, what, earn God's love? To get to heaven, hopefully gives you a passing grade on the test and you get to heaven, right? Well, the very first week of this series, we took a look at this statement. God gave us the commandments not to earn his love. It's not a test. It's not a checklist as a way to hopefully get passed on a curve into heaven. But he gave them to us because he already loved us. And we looked at the first three verses of Exodus, chapter 20, where ever, even before God gave the commandments, the list, to his people, what had he already done for them? He'd already saved them. He saved them from slavery in Egypt. Your desire to keep the Ten Commandments comes also after he's already saved you. After he's already shown you his love and saved you from the slavery of death. And now he gives them to us because he loves us. What? I mean, wouldn't, he love, wouldn't it show more love not to give us Ten Commandments? How does he love us through the Ten Commandments? Well, one way is he teaches us what we need. Because when we look at the Ten Commandments, and every week when we come here and talk about the First Commandment, the Second Commandment, and on and on and on, we are faced with this, I know I am, I need help because I haven't done this right. I need Jesus. I need a Savior. So the Ten Commandments are a blessing because they point us to Jesus ultimately, the need of a Savior. The second thing they do is they teach us something else. They teach us how to be a godly wife, how to be a godly husband, how to be a godly employee, how to be a godly child, how to live as a Christian. Because God's way is better than our way. So the fourth commandment, it's recorded in Exodus chapter 20. Let's read it quickly from verse 12 of 20. Chapter 20. Honor your father and mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. Now, one thing we need to understand about the fourth commandment, I alluded to it earlier. While it mentions the parent-child relationship. It's not specific only to that relationship. In fact, Paul says this in Romans chapter 13. He says, There is no authority except the authority or that which God has established. So this might be a little more difficult to wrap your brain around, but God does not always agree or approve of every decision that authorities make clearly because authorities in the government let's say make ungodly decisions but yet in a very real way Paul reminds us that they're still worth our respect and honor because ultimately there is no authority except that which God has established and so every area of life where there's an authority figure over us we honor them in ways because they're put there by God. So students, this is true of your teacher at school. This is true of your parents at home. This is true of our government leaders. This is true of our leaders at church. This is true employees of our bosses and employers. Now, there's just not enough time today to go into all of those areas. So I had to make a decision as I studied this commandment, and we're going to talk specifically about the family today, the one that hits closest to our hearts, 
all of us, connects all of us together, and that parent-child relationship. And when I use the word child today, I'm not talking about a kid. I'm talking about someone who has parents. So that would include all of us. We're all children, right? We're children of someone. Now, remember all that honor given to Tebow? Let me give you another situation that occurred a few years ago. I was walking through the atrium and heading to my office, and I just happened to overhear a teenage girl talking on her phone. And this is what I heard. And at first I thought, you know, like, I know the Heimlich maneuver. I'm going to go over there. She's got something lodged in her, in her throat, in her lungs, or something like that. Yes, I can use it. No. And, but I kept listening quick before I did the Heimlich. Come on. Fine. And I went over there because I'm a pastor and I can do those things. I asked, who are you talking to? And she told me she was talking to her mom. And I said, you talk to your mom that way? And she said, yeah, it's just my mom. Like, moms are like this other category of people. Like, moms and dads, teenagers and young people, aren't like normal people. And the, the honor, or at least the civility, that is the proper etiquette, that niceness that you would give a total stranger at the grocery store, because mom and dad are a different category, they don't even deserve that, because it's just mom. Now, this is one example of something that all of us at one time or another have been guilty of. I know that I was. You look back at your childhood or even in your adulthood. We don't always speak to our parents or act towards our parents the way that we should. And guess what we do? We roll our eyes when we should just listen and we lip off what we had when we were kids, lipped off when we should have just obeyed. And then when our parents want us to talk and have a simple question, and I did this as a teenage boy, how was your day? Fine. One word answers. When they actually, all my mom really wanted to do is to know how my day was because she loved me. Now, a couple things. I want to talk to, to parents first. We're going to see in a moment, and kids, this is important for you to know too, that your children's honor and respect towards you, or you towards your adult, older uh, parents, is not contingent upon how good of a parent you are. They're supposed to respect you or honor you anyway. We're going to talk about that. But, and this is true, you as a parent make it either easier or harder for them to keep the fourth commandment. It doesn't matter how you act, they still should keep it. But we, how we parent and how we act make it either easier or harder for them to follow God's direction for them. One way we make it easier for them is to give them someone that they respect. Give them someone that is easy to honor and easy to follow. Another way, 
maybe can be understood this way. Um, we, we got some new furniture not too long ago, and one of the, the new rules, and when you hear it, you'll know that I'm the one that, that said it and gave it, is uh, um, no eating on the new furniture. I didn't give that rule, but I did disobey that rule um, on accident. I forgot about it, because the old furniture was eat on it type of furniture, not, not the new furniture, at least not yet. Um, and so I, I messed up, I forgot, and I ate and, and about a week later, um, one of our kids did too. And uh, one of the responses to that was, yeah, but dad did, right? Here, here's the point with, with your children. One of the best ways you can lead your children to speak and act respectfully to their mother dads is by speaking and acting respectfully towards their mother. One of the best ways that you can teach your children, moms, wives, to speak and act respectfully to their dad is by speaking yourself honestly, respectfully, honorably towards their dad. Now, oh, children, here's, remember that I said we took a break from children's message, so um, this one doesn't just apply to people sitting here, so especially teens, I, definitely, I know I would have needed to hear this too when I was your age, but um, I want to share something with you that your parents may have told you, but um, either you didn't maybe totally get it, and I really didn't totally get it till I was a parent either, myself. The day you were born was one of the greatest days of your parents' entire life. Like, if you could take your, your birthday and Christmas, and for your older kids, the day you graduated from high school or the graduation party, and put it all together in one day and just had 24 hours of awesomeness, all right? Like, the day you were born was better than that. Some of you have dads that you rarely, if ever, have seen cry, but on that day, because they were so happy to have you, they did. Your mom sacrificed a lot before you were ever even in this world. She sacrificed her body, she sacrificed her comfort, she sacrificed her health, and for many, their sleep, okay? And at the same time, some of you now have moms who are still sacrificing. Some of you have moms, and I don't think you get it, because I didn't as kids, how much work it is to do all that they do. Some of your moms go to a job all day, all right? Then they come home after serving at work, and they serve you for the next five, six hours. And depending on the age, they either are giving baths or making, packing lunches or doing supper or doing laundry, doing everything that needs to get done, okay? And then they might find some time for themselves. Others of you have moms that have done something equally as sacrificial. Your mom probably has talents and gifts that you don't even know about, that dad remembers because that's what attracted him to her. But she has decided in just sacrificial love for you to not go out and get the job that she could have and make lots of money, but instead to put you first and to stay home and to, for years, putting her second. Putting herself second. Why? Because they love you. Dads sometimes can be irritable and um, crabby. Raise your hand if you have, no, don't, no, no. <laughs> it's true. 
And a lot of times, dads, there's no other way to explain it except sin. We shouldn't be. But kids, you need to understand that your dad loves you, and there's pressure to be a dad. There's pressure to give you the things that they want you to have because they love you. There's pressure at work. There's pressure to have work. And sometimes when they say no to something you want to do, it's not because they don't want you to do it. It's because, honestly, and they won't tell you this probably, maybe they will, but they just can't give it to you. See, there's a lot of love that your parents have for you. A lot of sacrifices that they've made for you. And I think it's really important for us to remember that and to think about it. And I, I don't tell you this today. Again, still talking to, to all of us because we're children. But I don't tell you this to feel sorry for your parents. They don't want you to feel sorry for them. I don't want my kids to feel sorry for me. Because 10 out of 10 times, I would do it again. But why I do say this to you is because I want you to realize what you have in your life. Imagine for a moment someone came off the street, some stranger came up to you and said, here's what I want to do for you. I'm going to serve you for 18 years and give you $235,000. And I say 235 because just about a week ago, that's a new statistic about how much it costs to raise a child to 18 Someone would do that for you. We'd all be like, whoo, you deserve my honor. You're like, I'm not going to put that fire extinguisher and lose it. You are worthy of my honor. But what happens with parents? It's just mom. It's just dad. No, it's not. It's someone whom God has given us, whether, again, you're a kid right now or an adult, that have sacrificed a lot for us and who have loved us. And we get goosebumps to meet Tim Tebow or to meet George Clooney, or I still don't know who I should say, but George Clooney. And yet, when it's our parents, it's just mom. It's just dad. And so God's direction to us in the fourth commandment is to value them. Not just say it. Now, as I'm saying these things, some of you could easily think back either to your childhood or right now as a child and think about ways, I mentioned one of them, dad being irritable, about ways that your parents maybe aren't worthy of your honor. Or even worse, this is more probably for adults, you might have parents that did something that has been really hard to get over, did something that just changed the whole course of your life, something maybe that you've had a really hard time forgiving, and it just sticks with you, and it's, it's really, really hard for us. The truth is that none of us have perfect parents. None of us are perfect parents. So how do we react and act in those kinds of circumstances? And that's where I want to turn quickly to the New Testament and to Ephesians chapter 6. Paul um, writes about the fourth commandment and about um, obeying or honoring parents. And he references the fourth commandment in this that uh, Moses wrote years before. Exodus chapter 6. 
Children obey, honor. Children, not in age, but in people who have parents. Obey, honor your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you, and that you may enjoy a long life on the earth. What does Paul write? First verse. Obey, honor your parents, for they're good parents. Obey, honor your parents, for they always do the right thing and never made a mistake. Obey, honor your parents, as long as they give you what you want and leave a big inheritance for you when they're gone. No. Obey, honor your parents, no matter how you feel about them, that day or whenever, for what? This is right. Right now, bef before Paul then talks about honoring and, and the other things, and for us right now, listening to this message, um, he takes away all of our excuses. And yes, parents can make it easier or harder to fulfill it, but he takes away every single excuse that we would have to be disrespectful or dishonorable to our parents. There is none. Because we do it for it is the right thing to do. And in a very real way, we, first and foremost, don't honor or value our parents because we love them. Why do we do it? Because we love, because we love God. And lovers of God, followers of God, no matter who the parents are, or no matter what has happened in the past, and it is harder if there's been icky stuff in the past. I totally know that. But there is still in the way we react, in the way we act, in the way we talk, in honor and respect, a value that God directs us through Paul to give them according to the fourth commandment. Here's the cool thing. We've failed at this. God sent us someone who didn't. And Peter writes about authority. And specifically, he's going to be writing in the context of how slaves should act under the authority of their master. But for those of us who still might have little excuses in our hearts about yabuts, yeah, you know, the yabuts, yeah, um, he gives us direction in whatever area of authority we're thinking, specifically right now, family. And so we're going to turn quickly to 1 Peter chapter 2. I want you to read or to listen what uh, Peter writes. He says, slaves, again, context of that authority, but it's applicable to families. Submit yourselves, honor, obey, to your master with all respect, not only to those who are good masters and considerate, but also to those who are harsh. For it is commendable if a man bears up under the pain of unjust suffering because he is conscious of God. How is it to your credit if you receive a beating for doing wrong and endure it? So basically what Peter's saying is, if you get punished and you deserved it, that's not commendable. That's just what you deserved. On the flip side, and this might apply to you as you struggle with, with parents maybe, but if you suffer, that is, go through difficulty for doing good and you endure it. This is commendable. This is pleasing before God. And in fact, 
To this you were called. There's a certain amount of suffering and difficulty that God has called Christians to. That instead of telling our parents off, or rolling the eyes, or treating them disrespectfully, which would feel good in the moment, even if they're wrong, Peter writes that it is commendable to endure that. And to show honor and respect, in this case to masters, in the case of families, to our parents. Because to this, to suffering, it says, you were called. And for some of you, like the light bulb goes on. And you're like, now I understand why my family is the way it is. I was called to this. <laughs> I was called to suffer. That's the, no, that's not. That's not what Peter's saying. He's saying is that when they're suffering, it's not that God doesn't care. It's not that God isn't there. It's that part of being a Christian is bearing up under difficult circumstances and situations. And then he continues, To this you are called, because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. And he, he has this description about Jesus. He committed no sin, and no deceit was found in his mouth. He was perfect. And even though he was perfect, when they hurled their insults at him, he didn't retaliate. He didn't lip off. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him, to God, who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, on the cross, so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds, God's wounds, Jesus' wounds, you've been healed. As we follow the fourth commandment, Jesus is our perfect example. As he submitted, even in the difficult circumstances, that we might follow in his footsteps during difficult times. And even more so, when we failed. We look at Jesus, and we see how those sins have been forgiven. That we've been healed through his wounds and given the power and new life to be better parents, to be, to be better children. And, and at, at times when we think I deserve better than the family I got, it's good to remember what we deserve, right? What we deserve is the moment we sin to go to hell. Anything better than hell is grace. <laughs> not perfect homes. That's not grace. It is, but anything as minimal as better than hell is grace. The point is, no matter who our parents are or what our family situation, we've been blessed. And we have opportunity to value those people and God's direction to do the same. I thought this uh, quote was kind of uh, interesting. It's from an autobiography that Diane Disney wrote about growing up with her dad, who happens to be Walt Disney. don't know too many Disneys, but um, she wrote, I didn't realize what my father did for a living until I was six. 
than a friend at school told me. That night when father came home, he sat down in his easy chair. He didn't look famous to me. I asked, are you Walt Disney? He said, you know I am. The Walt Disney, I asked again. He grinned at me and nodded. Whereupon then I said the five words that he must have thought he would never hear in his home. Can I have your autograph? <laughs> your dad may not be as famous as Walt Disney. Your dad may not be as rich and as good of an athlete as Tim Tebow. Your mom may not be as popular as Oprah Winfrey to the world. But in your home and in your life, when it comes to people, I can't think of anyone biblically that we should receive more honor and more value to treat them as the precious gifts, no matter what age they are and no matter what age we are, until that day that they're in heaven, to value them and to respect them and to honor them. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, um, I know it's so easy to take family and parents for granted. And today I pray that uh, through your working in our hearts that uh, we've been reminded just uh, what a blessing, what sacrifices they make. Lord, certainly we, we can, as I can, to think back to my own parenting or to my parents and, and pick out a bunch of flaws and things that they should have done better, I should have done better. But today, through Paul, just take that out of the equation. We honor and obey in the Lord, for this is right. Forgive us for the times that we failed and will fail, uh, but help us through the the strengthening of your word and your spirit to show proper honor to those valuable people. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.